Today, we are concluding Magic Mom Month with our very own Magic Mom, Wendy Sparks herself, mother of Kim Birch of the Orlando Magic. Hello, Wendy. Thanks for having me, Zen. (laughs) Well, look, I should say thanks for having me. I'm so excited about this opportunity to interview you, the uh, queen herself, Wendy Sparks, who, who has been doing this thing with Courtside Moms for some time. So I'm just so honored to be another mom alongside you talking about your journey oh, thank with you, your Zan. baby. Yes, right. So thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into this. We're, we're going to be completely informal. I want to just have a girlfriend chat Amen. and tell me about your experience Tell me, where where did all this start for Kim? Where where did basketball start? Actually, Kim started playing basketball when he was six. And I guess for me as a mom, I had this tall child. So, of course, the natural thing is to gravitate to that, you know what I mean, that sport. And Kim played for a little bit, and he absolutely hated it. He did not want to play mm-hmm. The coach kept saying to the kids, do nothing. The play is you pass the ball to Kem. And he had Kem situated <laughs> like around the key. And then he did his three little steps and they would pass the ball and that was it. And Kem did not like that because he kept saying it's not really a team sport and I don't want to do Ooh. this anymore. So that didn't last very long. Oh wow! He actually ventured to football. He played football okay. for a couple of years. Girl, you don't know. He was MVP, all-star, you name it. Kim, he was fantastic. And he played that for the community. And he played that all the way up until high school. Oh. Yes. Well, nice. our high school, like I was saying, is grade seven. So let's say he played until he was about um, 13. And then one day he decided he wasn't playing football no more. And at that time, he lived in Ottawa with his dad. And... He was spending time with me. He came to Montreal to spend time with me for the weekend, and uh, I had a meeting. And while I was at my meeting, he was playing around in the gym, and he was throwing the ball around, a basketball. And someone approached him and said, hey, do you play basketball? And Kim's like, no. And he's like, well, you should be playing basketball. He says, your your coordination is fantastic. Okay. And then when I came out the meeting, the the person approached me and he's like, yeah, let me take your kid to uh, to Syracuse with me for uh, for the weekend and let's see what happens. And that's exactly what happened. Kim uh, went to go visit uh, the Orangeman and he spent a weekend there. And all that to say, within a week, Kim was ranked number one. (laughs) He was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He came back to Montreal, and we were like, "Hold on a second, like let's let's do this." And Kim, uh, we started putting him in on on basketball teams in Ottawa because he still lived there. Um, okay. And he started playing for uh, I think he played a year or two in Ottawa, and then after that he came to Montreal, and uh, that's pretty much where wow. it began. They start early, I tell you. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you? At that time, you have a, a child who goes from hating basketball to now loving it balling out being so great did you did you see a pro possibility for him did you see him as a pro player not really 
And you know what? It's funny because I grew up watching basketball myself. I mean, I come on now. Who didn't watch the Bulls back then, right? I was like a Jordan fan. I was all about ball. But to me, it was basketball. It didn't click to me that, oh, my God, this is actually a professional sport. They're getting paid. This is a job. This is a career. To me, it was just the NBA, you know what I mean, entertainment. It was yeah. only after when Kem became um, popular because now people are calling and calling. And I'm like, hold on a second. This is actually a wait, this is a career? Like, this is what people actually do? You know what I mean? I'm used to, you know, you go to work and you do that nine to five and it didn't register to me that basketball was, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't, to me, it wasn't a a career, a profession at all. So when people were telling me, you know, your son, he has potential, I didn't at the beginning understand what that meant. It just meant... When did you, when, I remember those same kinds of conversations and I, when people are telling you that your your kid has this potential, right? Like that he's just really good. like. What were you thinking? What about him? Now he was tall, right? Yeah. How tall was he? Like, tell me about his his height experience. Like, how did that go? Like, how, how much taller was he than everyone else? Oh my God. Okay. So Ken was that kid that you couldn't find in the school pictures because he was as tall as the teacher. So <laughs> why is he so tall? Yeah. You, you're you're not, I mean you're tall, but you're not that tall. Is his father really tall? No, he's 5'11". I am, what, 5'8". So where does he get his height? You know, I would say, and they say that's like generational. My father is not tall, but my brothers are tall. My brothers are like 6'6", has the tallest 6'4". I I don't know. We're just, (laughs) I don't know. But Kim is, how how tall is Kim now? 6'9". That's crazy. When he was three, the doctor did say to me that your son is going to be about six, eight, six, nine. And I thought that man was cray cray. I did not believe yeah. him. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, just give him the lollipops a week and go. You know what I mean? I didn't. Yeah. I, didn't I knew he was tall, <laughs> but I couldn't imagine six, nine, right? I just, it just didn't register to me. I did probably never seen anybody that was, you know what I mean? Six, nine at the time. So I don't know. It was all new to me. So. Wow. Wow. So that. I tell you, that height thing, every time they grow a little bit, it changes for them. So it's very interesting. So I know that you were in Canada, which is different than a lot of our experiences here in the United States. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like being Canadian, what was the high school basketball experience like there for Kim, uh, which some of us may be able to compare to what we experience here in the United States? Basketball to me, and I can actually I can compare because I've seen um, U.S. Just say for example, basketball to me it's night and day. I mean, I played basketball in high school, and the gyms aren't packed with like a thousand people. You know what I mean? Like maybe a hundred and a hundred. You know what I mean? It was so small. It was great, but the gym was more packed with just the other kids that came to the school. Games Mm -hmm. were, just say, at 3.30 after school, and the gym was just packed with the students that were in the school. There was no outside people that came. was barely a thing where the parents came. It wasn't like that. You know what I mean? It was only if there was games on the weekend where, where, you know what I mean, you would see, like, people within the community. For me, when I started bringing Kem to the U.S., I was like, oh, like, wow, this is, like, night and day for us. And Kem used to say it was so night and day for him because we weren't used to all those people. We're like, who are these people? You know what I mean? For us, it was like a college game, right? It was, it was so, so, so different. And I found sometimes the level was different. 
as well. And that the also, level of skill? Yeah. What do you mean level? Yeah, okay. the level of skill was different. A lot of times um, in high school, and no offense to any high school coaches, but a lot of times they're not really basketball coaches. It could be, I don't know, the math teacher. It could be anybody, you know, someone along the staff that's, you know what I mean, coaching your kid right. who probably previously played basketball themselves, right? It's only when you started putting your kids in community ball, um, that's when you really had someone who was skilled in basketball. Okay. So did Kim have uh, experience in community basketball in Canada or did he only play at school? No, he played AAU. Okay. Yep, he played AAU. Um, I believe at that time he must have been about 14, 14, 15. Um, he played for a team called Brookwood Elite. Okay. Um, actually, um, Lugens Dortz from uh, OKC played for the same organization. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kem played for them um, for about two seasons, and that was fantastic because now Kem got um, more experience with, um, you know, me traveling as such. He also played community ball for Montreal United. Actually, that's where he started playing um, AAU. Okay. It was with Montreal United, and he started getting the taste of going to Boston and New York and different states, right? So for him, it was, like, brand new, like, oh, my goodness. So. And I loved it because it... it it really progressed him, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. now he was yeah. he was experiencing ball on a different level, and he absolutely loved it. But at one point, it was just time to go. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that, because you did make the transition from he, he left Canada and eventually was playing here in the United States. Talk to us a little bit about that transition. How did that come about? So in Canada, well, I'll talk about Montreal because this is, this is where the schooling where Kim was in. In Montreal, you have high school from 7 to 11, grade 7 to 11. So you graduate when you're around 16 or so. And then from there, you go to college and after about two years, depending on your program, and after college, you go to university. So because Kim left in grade 10, he, he hadn't completed high school. So he had to go to prep school in the U.S., until he was ready okay. to go to university. So how that came about was Kem started playing AAU for another team called Team Expressions um, out of Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. So when we started playing for a fantastic coach, Todd Quarles, um, at this point he was like, look, Kem is ready for a different level. You know, universities are going to start approaching you. And he kind of guided me, him and, and another coach, as to what to do. And that's how it happened. So, because I didn't understand all this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, sure. people would tell me, but I was lucky that I had um, him and other people in my corner that were saying, okay, you do understand now that Kim is pretty good, and you're going to start getting colleges, and well, universities, you know what I mean, approaching you now for Kim to attend their school and play for their program. Wow. How, how was that? I mean getting calls from different universities and stuff. How, how did you feel as a mom? I, I, I remember those feelings as well. <laughs> I was overwhelmed at first because it was a lot. I mean, a lot of schools called. I mean, I started gathering all the letters and keeping them in a shoebox. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, what do you do with all this? It was just too much. So um, we went through them all. But at yeah. one point, it was to educate myself about the programs. Because like I said, for me, this was completely new. I'm college, university in Montreal, and basketball is a total, total animal. So I had to really look at the programs. I mean, I wasn't really that internet savvy then. Internet wasn't really, really right. that big, right? So there's a lot of phone calls, and you really had to go by what people told you. I didn't have cable programs that I can actually go and look at these teams play. 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is whatever CVS put right. on is what I got. So, <laughs> you know That's what I mean? true. Yeah. I was like, this is it. We're spoiled now. Uh, We're spoiled. Girl. <laughs> so for me, it was really like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to outsource these programs? So I had to educate myself and put myself in a position to get resources. So I would ask around. I would ask the AAU coaches. I would ask coaches of these particular programs. And I would ask the administration. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? What about your school is so different? What does your school do for the kids education-wise? You know what I mean? What about your basketball program? And I had to, I had this pen and this pad that I wrote all this information down. I'll never forget, this was so thick because I had so many schools and I spoke to so many different people. Wow. And it was overwhelming, but at the same time, it was such a blessing because that's when I realized that, oh, hold on a second. Like, Kemp has a great, great potential to be a pro. Like, I knew he had potential to be a great basketball player, but to be a pro and be paid, total other animal for me. I didn't, I, that didn't register at first. Sure. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff. Really, really great stuff. So he transitions from Canada to the United States and he's at a prep school level. Yes. And then, so once the prep school, which is like a high school here, he'll finish there, graduate from that program and then go into university. So how did you decide which university you were saying you were getting all these calls and really examining the programs? How'd you make that decision? His AAU coach at the time um, played a big role in that. Um, Also, um, the school. Because at this time, people are really gunning at you. They're coming at you. You know what I mean? And they're saying, no, 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 this is the best program. This is great for Cam. And, you know, he's going to play. And there's so much politics around it, you know. And Cam, there was a coach. um, I don't remember his name. And he was going to Pitt. So Cam was like, you know what? I think this is the school I want to go to. And then turns out the coach did not actually go, whatever. So the coach didn't go. He to ended the up program. not. I think he ended up. I don't remember the story. I think the coach ended up not staying there. So for Cam, it was like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not going to be there. Like this is the guy that I really, really liked, and this is why I wanted to go. But anyway, in the end, um, it was just a decision that hey, let Cam go to Pitt and see what happens. And he did not like it one bit, like at all. Was, did- but why did he choose Pitt? Was Pitt, like, I, I mean, I know that the other school didn't work out, but was there something that was drawing you to Pitt? I'm from Pennsylvania. I know a little yeah. bit about Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Not that much. Not that much. It was but, just the atmosphere for, at the time, it seemed like it was a right fit. At the time when the, when the, the coaching and the staff come at you, it seems like a better fit than where you are. doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right one, but when different options come at you, you know, you got to pick the best out of the ones, you know what I mean? And at the time, so, that seemed like it was the best option, right? Yeah, makes, it makes sense. And it is, you know, I think people take for granted, they think that this is a, a an easy decision or anything like that, or you have all these choices that just pick one. It, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. So you do have to kind of weigh your options and, and see what's best. So he goes off the pit and... He's in college, you know, you send your baby off to college and he's going to have this amazing experience. He's going to love it every day. And it's going to look just like on TV, right? Where everyone's happy and they're carrying their books and they, they meet their college sweethearts and they fall in love and it's just dandy, right? Is that how it worked for Kim? No. So, no. <laughs> not one bit. It worked that way for my son either. But. Not even a little bit. So, <laughs> 
Kim <laughs> went to Pitt, um, and you practiced with the team and stuff. But I think that there was a lot of conflict um, with the players. Um, and nothing bad about the program. It's just that Kim didn't gel with the players at the time. There were too many stars, right? Mm. So here you have this kid who comes from Canada, and he's, you know what I mean, like a real top prospect in Canada. Then he comes to the U.S., and he's playing for two prep schools, you know what I mean, very popular, and then he comes to university, and he's sitting on the bench. And that, for Kim, just became very depressing. You know what I mean? He couldn't Mm. understand. And the only answer, you know I mean, he always got was, oh, well, you're just going to have to do your dues, pay your dues, you know what I mean, wait for your time. And it's like, okay, however... When am I going to play? You know what I mean? Because Kim's mentality was, I'm not going to learn nothing from the bench. You know what I mean? You got to put me in the game. Teach me something. I'm not learning anything from sitting down. There's plenty of other schools that wanted to play him right away. Or would they, right? Everybody says what you want to hear. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Every coach is the boss. That's a nugget. Take that. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great point. Yeah. Those of you who are listening, I talk to a lot of families, and that's 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 the truth. Yeah. So, so that's unfortunate. Um, but it didn't stop there for him. Right. Um, He went on to do some other things. So tell me a little bit about what happened next. Well, actually, um, Kim told me that he wanted to leave Pitt. And I'll never forget this. Um, They played in New York at Madison Square Garden. It was uh, coaches versus uh, coaches. For cancer. Yes, yes, yes. And (laughs) awesome games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a lot of fun because for me, I was like, oh, great. You know what I mean? I can just go to New York. It was a six hour drive. Let me go watch this game. And Kim told me when the game was over and and, uh, the team was getting ready to go back on the bus to go back to Pitt. And he said, I'm out. I'm not, I don't want to be here anymore. And I was like, oh my God, really? And he says, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And he went back to Pitt and just left. And I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. So at that point. He wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He told me, I mean, I was like, get on the bus. <laughs> at least go back to exactly. school. You know what I mean? Get on the bus. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, please. Like, you start to bleed. Like, please. Yeah. Get on the bus. Get on the Talk bus. To your team. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Pointing and everything at the bus. Get on it. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> I get it. So, yeah, we did that for toggling back and forth for a minute. He's like, all right, all right, all right. So he did. He got on the bus and went back to Pitt. And when he got back to Pitt, he says, Mom, I really don't want to be here. And you know what? I'm not that person that's going to sit there. No, you're going to stay. I'm not going to convince someone to do something that they don't want to do. It just doesn't make sense. And I knew that he was unhappy there. And you know what? I felt that his reasons, it's not that it was legit, but at the same time, I saw that it was affecting him as a person. It was affecting him personally. You know what I mean? And that's what bothered me about the whole situation. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, you can sit there and tell people, just deal with it. But at the same time, if they're not happy then what's the point? So that's where, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to have to make some changes. We're going to have to speak to some people. And when they announced that Kim left, I don't remember what platform it was, probably Twitter at the time when it was like, yeah, Kim Birch left Pitt. Oh my God. The calls that came in Mm. right away, the calls that came in. So it was a blessing. So Kim narrowed it down to, um, Florida, was it Florida State, New Mexico, and UNLV. So Kim Mm. went and did his visits, and when he got to UNLV, he's like, Mom, I think this is it. Okay. Wow. So I went out to UNLV, and I toured the school, you know what I mean, with him, and then went back to Canada 
And then I said, you make your own decision. But I wanted to see. You know what I mean? I wanted to right, see because right, right. he said, this is it. All right. And I went with him. And like I said, we toured the school together. And you know what I mean? We met some people, met the staff. And then I, then we flew back. And that night he said to me, that's where I, that's where I want to go. All right. And I'll never forget when we called the school and told the coach that, um, actually we spoke to the assistant coach and we said, yeah, you're the school. The screams wow. that came from my receiver girl. <laughs> <laughs> they were happy to have them. Yeah. 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 No, was that, that's awesome. And, and so he, his experience at UNLV, was it better than the experience at Pitt? Oh my God. Night and day. Night and day, Kem was so happy just to see him smile. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was so close with the with with the teammates. You know what I mean? He really, really, really loved it there. Um, he had such a great time there, um, both on and off the court. They were like yeah, brothers to him. It is important. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when they're they're when they're going places, they're traveling with these with these guys. They're going to class with some of these guys. It's very important, right? right? You got to be happy, and and he just loved it. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, you're going to have wins and losses, you know, no matter what. So it's great to have a support system and, and your homeboys that you can, you know, who are going through the same thing as you are. So good for him. So eventually, fast forward, he doesn't stay and graduate from there several years later, does he? He declares before that, yes, right? Yes, ma'am. So, Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, he decided to declare um, in 2014. In April, and it was it, it was a, a tough decision because it was going back and forth. Do I declare? Do I not declare? Am I ready? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm ready, but yeah, yeah, hold on, I am ready. So when the decision was made that he felt he was ready, now we're speaking to the agent, we're speaking to other people, and they're like, "Well, we think Kim's ready," but then closer to was like, "You know what? This draft class is pretty tough. Maybe Kim should wait another year." But that mindset was already there. You know what I mean? So he Kem was ready. Yeah. So he Kem was ready. Like, yeah. He's like, you know what? I, I just, I got to do this. I, I got to try. The very least I can try. And I said, you have to have that mentality that if you try, you don't get it to, don't get to the NBA. It's not the end. So he, he was, he accepted that. But let me tell you the work that he put in. Oh my goodness. He trained and trained and trained. I mean, that poor child's body. I was felt for him. Wow. Traveling. You know what I mean? We hired um, special trainers. Um, he went to different teams. You know what I mean? On the combine, he did. You know what I mean? Did all his his tra- um, right? He trained different teams. Pre draft training. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness! And then comes draft night. How was that? Ooh. So um, we drove down to New York, um, and we went to a hotel, and uh, his dad and his family were there and myself I went and um Kim had friends with him okay so we all pretty much hung out you know what I mean together but as the draft started Kim went back to his room and the rest of us stayed in the lobby you know what I mean and was like "Ooh, hold on a second like because he started getting nervous and I'm talking Aww. to his agent and I'm like what's going on oh my gosh what do you think and he's like yeah we'll wait to second round we'll wait to second round and see and then when they got down to um 50 I was like, oh, my God, is this going to happen? And he said to me, you know, sometimes at this point, it's better that they don't get drafted. But for me as a mom, I'm thinking, no, it is. It's great. I I want him to see, you know what I mean? I want his name to be called. I want him to be able to hear his name be called. And I remember he said to me, oh, I think he's going 52 to the Raptors. Okay. 
Now I go to, to Kim. Toronto Raptors? That's what he was wow. told. So I go upstairs. Now, Kim, they're saying that you might go 52 to the Raptors. 51 comes, and I'm sitting there, okay. 52 comes, and I thought we were going to tear up the room. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, you didn't say Kim Birch? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So then for me as a mom, now I'm seeing different emotions, anger. I'm seeing sadness. You know what I mean? It was so sad. Probably for fear, all kinds of emotions. Everything, 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 everything. And Tough. then about, I don't know, they had eight more names called to, let's say, I don't know, 20 more minutes, half an hour, and his name never got called. And so it was pretty sad for the family. Yeah. But at the same time, we were like, Cam, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to get you, we're going to get you somewhere. Don't worry. Like, you're, this is not the end. You're just not going to make the NBA today. It doesn't mean that it can't come in the future. So it was just a, a you know what I mean? A, a process of understanding that. Yeah. And then he picked himself up and he's like, okay, just tell me what I got to do next. And then that's where right. everything else. And who was, who was there to tell him what to do next? Mama. <laughs> I'm let him know. That's I'm right. Ready. That's right. I'm like, okay. listen. All right. And so tell me a little bit about his journey. He doesn't get drafted on draft night. And so what what happened after that? He played in Summer League. And then then that was when Summer League was in Vegas and in Orlando. So okay. he played both. So he started with uh Brooklyn Nets, uh no, Washington Wizards, then Brooklyn Nets. And then he went to Vegas and he played um, with Miami Heat and he absolutely loved it. So the Heat kept him on. Okay. Yeah, they kept him on. So Ken was so happy. I went down to Miami, you know, I mean, spent some time together talking about, okay, this could be your situation. Let's weigh it all out. And then October 1st, he called me devastated that they waived him and told him that they're going to send him to Sioux Falls, um, South Dakota to play for their um, then D League. And okay. I remember saying to him, where? He said, South Dakota. So where in the name of God is that? And I said to him, sounds cold. And we were laughing about it. I'm like, oh, my God. So I said, well, this is, this is what it is. This is where you this are. This is your journey. That's it. This is and where you and are And it's now. different for everyone. Absolutely. However, he was offered um, uh, something in Italy, a contract in Italy. But mm. he was like, no, that's not what I want. For him, at the time, the money wasn't good enough to go. And... He was like, no, I want to stay in the U.S. Because I guess you have that sense of closer to the closer to the NBA kind of, you know what I mean, right. reasoning. So he ended up playing um, with the Sky Force, which is um, the Miami Heat's, uh, at the time, D-League um, team. Mm-hmm. And he played there, I believe, from October until um, the end of the season. So he only played like maybe six, seven months with them. Okay. And then, I mean, but he's playing for the Orlando Magic now, so. Yes. He gets there, how? But he it wasn't a direct no. route no, there no, either. No, ma'am. So, so he didn't go from Miami to Orlando? No, no. No, he didn't drive down the street. No, he oh, sure no. didn't. He went via Greece. So, <laughs> so let's back up a bit. <laughs> he went to, um, after he left Skyforce, um, well, he left Skyforce because he got a contract in Turkey. Oh. And yeah, I think it's called Ushak, Ushak Turkey. And we're like, okay, is this what you want to do? And he said, absolutely, because now Cam is seeing opportunity. He's seeing that, you know mm. what, this is great. Now I can go, you know what I mean? I could be world traveled. I can play basketball different places in the world. I could learn different, you know, basketball differently. I could learn different types of skills. So he actually was happy about that. He was happy at that offer. So he went and he was like, oh, the money's completely different now. You know what I mean? From, from the D-League. I mean, it was 10 times what he was getting in the D-League, right? So he was like, let, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he was like, 
He's like, Mom. I know. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I, I got to go. I said, all right, you do you. But at first I was a little worried. I'm like, turkey. Because, you know what I mean, we never see on TV great, right. wonderful things about turkey. You know what I mean? But when he got there, he actually said, you know what I mean, it's it's a great country. You just got to be careful where you, you know what I mean, where you go. And, and of course, um, the team, they protect you. They make sure that, you know what I mean, that you're, they don't put you in harm's way, right? But I always made sure you know where that Canadian embassy is. And you make sure that you have a cell phone on you all the time. I don't care what anybody says. And Wow. I mean, I think it's somewhat advantageous that he had the experience of being from Canada, having the experience of coming to the United States. Because for a lot of folks who are going, for players who are leaving the United States and going overseas to play, they may not have had any international experience. Right. So he had that under, because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, oh, wow, you sent your baby to Turkey. Oh my goodness, I don't know how I would have handled that. So good for you, but knowing what to tell him and, and guiding him the right way because it, it seemed to work out to his advantage and to some degree, right? Yeah. So absolutely. how long was he? He was in Turkey for a season, and then after that, he got a better contract in Greece. Oh, so that's he, why you said be a Greece. Yes. Okay. Yep. So he went to Greece and he had a, um, a two year contract. Um, he absolutely loved Greece. He said to me, even now he's saying, you know, when, when it comes time to retire, he says, I want to retire in Greece. He loves wow. it. He thinks, yeah, it's one of the most beautiful countries that he's been. And you know what? He has a lot to compare. You know what I mean? He's been around the yeah. world, right? I mean, Kim's been in various countries and continents, so he's seen a lot. And, um, yeah, he played for Greece, uh, for a year and then the magic came calling. Oh, so, the magic. It's magic month, y'all. Hey, <laughs> the magic call. That, that's Tell right. Tell us about that. Yes. So when they called, now you have to make that decision. Do you want to forego your contract and move forward? Or do you want to just say no thanks? And Because, you know, you got that guarantee. He knew with Greece he had that guaranteed money, right? Hmm. And I said, well, think back. Because I remember when he signed to go to Greece, he was so excited. He was so excited. Mom, this is the most money I've ever made in my life and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So now I'm like, okay, you want to go to the NBA, but do you want to put yourself in a position where you might have to renegotiate if you don't make the, the magic and then you can't go back to Greece, right? But he was like, nah, I'm good. Mm. Nah, I'm good. And I'm like, you do you. You do what you want to do. You know what I mean? You do what makes you happy. And ain't nothing wrong with taking a risk. And he did. Okay. And he called me. Um, after he met with the Magic, and he was very quiet on the phone, and then he said, yeah, I didn't make the team. Mm. Oh, my God. So I'm wow. like, what do you mean he didn't make the team? And I was so Mama. sad. I'm like, it's okay, boo, you could go back. And just kidding, I made the team, Mom. I went to reach out in that phone and choke him. I went, <laughs> so he did uh, make the team. We on the top of those games, You know Tom. what I'm saying? I'm about to choke you. me. <laughs> yeah, so it was, I was so... Oh, my God, I was so, so happy. You know, you got to be that mom. He was like, that's good for you, and I know you can do it. And yeah. But, yeah, and I just cried and cried and cried. Good for him. And he bet on himself, and he, he won. Amen. Oh, that's it. That's what's up. Go, Kim. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so he's playing for the Orlando Magic. Yes, he's ma'am. played for, what, four seasons now? This is his this fourth. Is fourth season? Yep. This is contract wow. year for him, yep. Ooh, so yes, this this is some things on the line. We'll have some more decisions to make, prayerfully, yes. you know, yeah. um, whatever God allows. So that's really, that's right. really awesome. Well, I, I, 
it's just, it's interesting to hear from a mom's perspective because, you know, we think about how it is for the players and stuff, but his path wasn't straight. No. And yet, and, and it wasn't without any challenge or, or setbacks. Yet he ends up getting to meet his ultimate goal, playing mm-hmm. in the NBA and now being there for four years in a contract year. Let's go, Kim. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's bring home the bag. That's what, that's what's up. So this is his contract year. So what exactly is next? We're praying that um, either the Magic sign him again or he gets, you know what I mean, or he gets a contract elsewhere. At the end of the day, Cam just wants to stay in the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you always want to stay within your family. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to go, right? So, and Cam is just a humble guy. He just wants to play. You know what I mean? He understands he's got a role and you just tell me what you need me to do, coach, and I'm going to do it. And that's who Kem is. So, uh-huh. you know what I mean? We'll see what happens yeah. moving forward. But like I said, for Kem, I just, he, you know what I mean? He always says, I just, I just want to be on the court. That's his love. That's his joy. That's his life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I can't that's imagine awesome. him not playing basketball. I really can't. Oh, wow. I'm so happy for him. I'm glad to see him living out his dream. It is truly, truly a blessing. Now, as we get ready to close, we always close with our fun facts. Yes, we do. Let's share some fun facts. Let's share some fun facts about Ken. What is that go-to dish that you make that he absolutely loves? I can't get enough of. Fried chicken and rice, girl. (laughs) Fried chicken fried and rice. Chicken and rice. He fried loves, chicken. loves, rice and rice? loves it. Yes, yes. Or sometimes really? I make rice and peas. Rice and peas. Yes, Cameron okay. loves it. So wait, what part of the chicken does he like? The whole thing. What, what, you don't know my child, my Cam. <laughs> really? Okay. So yeah. understand. You know what? I have to tell you a quick joke. Cam went to to stay with my um, with his godmother in Toronto. And this, I can't even make this up. And she and her husband made chicken for supper. 15 pieces of chicken. Kim ate all. So now they're, they're thinking, Kim, was, come on, you know Kim. what I'm saying? So they, for them, it was chicken for the family for supper. Everybody comes home and the chicken's gone. And he thought it was his. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I can't even make that up. So, yeah, he loves him some chicken. Like, oh, wow. Kim was always a healthy eater. Always. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. That, that's a blessing. So you must have gotten that example from you because, um, yeah, I wish that was my story. It is not. <laughs> um, so <laughs> one item as a child that Kim could not live without. If it, well, if it were a person, I would say me. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, and he and I actually spoke about that recently, and he was saying... I just couldn't live without you. He's a mom. He Aww. says, you are my everything. He says, we did everything together, which is true. Aww. We did everything together. Like, you know what I mean? When his brother came along, it was the three of us. You know what I mean? Everything to me was my boy. So well, I got them in their sports and we just went. I mean, I used to laugh because we were so close that my kids would have a problem with somebody and call me. Like I'm like I'm the bully. You, you know what I'm saying? Them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Kim called me once. Mom, the teacher's getting on my nerves. Can you come beat her up? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what do you say as a bomb? I'm on my way. <laughs> right. I, look, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to, uh, you know what I'm right. saying? I'm like, yeah, yeah. what'd she say? No. <laughs> but yeah. as an item, I would say his PlayStation. 
Mm. Girl, he cannot live without his PlayStations till this day. Till wow. this day. When he left Pitt, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so funny. When he left Pitt, now he had take the bus um, to Canada, right? So they had him going Pittsburgh to Buffalo, Buffalo to Canada. They get to Buffalo and they lost his bags. Now I'm losing my mind. They lost my child's clothes. Kevin's like, oh my God, my PlayStation. That's all he cared about. Uh, Right. And he was sitting there. You know what I'm saying? And his PlayStation was all he cared about. I'm sitting there talking about, yo, your clothes, your shoes. You know how expensive it was, you know what I mean, to buy shoes? Because for me now, you ain't got no team. You ain't getting no shoes. Now I got to start looking for size 15s and 16s. You know what I mean? And we don't have Uh. that in Canada. So I was like, oh, my God. No, Kem did not care. It was his PlayStation. He's like, Mom, find my PlayStation. And they did 90 days later. They make their own players and stuff. That, that he would have had to duplicate that. That would have been a real problem. So I'm mad. I'm not mad at Ken. Yeah, listen, I get it. me too. I wasn't mad at him because I wasn't buying another one. So, so, <laughs> so I mean, that was free back then. So oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Do you have a childhood nickname for him? Oh my god! He's and if you did, what was it? Yeah, he's gonna kill me. So we call him Rue, like R O O. And the reason why was when he was in kindergarten the teacher was doing some little thing with the kids and she would name the kids after an animal that started with the letter of their first name. So of course, kangaroo. So I just say, Kim kangaroo. I don't like that. So that, (laughs) but it was part of the whole kindergarten thing. It was kind of cute. And then it was cute. then. Yeah, it was cute. Ain't cute now, but I still call him Rue. Oh yeah, like he'll he answer to, to me. Yeah, he answers to it, but I, I wouldn't suggest anybody else who's listening or watching. Don't be calling my child Rue because yeah, it's on. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> he won't like that. But yeah, that's his nickname. Twenty eight oh. years later, I'm still calling him Rue. Oh, that's I love. I love it. So now we want to ask you some advice. Some okay. advice that you can give other moms and our listeners. So, what three tips? would you give a mom who has to deal with a coaching decision um, that they don't agree with? Number one, I would say to the mom, stay in your lane. Because at the end of the day, the coach is there for a reason. And I think as moms or as parents, we're passionate, right? We think we know all, but we don't, you know what I mean? Or even if you do, at the end of the day, you weren't the one hired to do that coach. So I always tell people, if you're willing or if you're okay with putting in your two cents with the coach, you know what I mean, when he's making a bad decision, then don't get mad if someone says, you know, talks to you about your parenting decisions. It's the same thing, right? You don't want anybody interfering with you. So you got to kind of, you know what I mean, just give it a chance. So that's just, sure. yeah. I mean, to me, it's just stay in your lane pretty much, right? Um, yeah. Another thing is trust the process. You know what I mean? If the coach is there, trust his decisions. Trust what he's doing. I don't know a single coach who wants to lose. I don't know. I've never heard of any coach that says, let's just go out there and do what you got to do. Even if he has no experience, no one wants to come out as a loser, right? Everybody wants to come out with a win. So just trust what, what's going on. Trust, you know what I mean, what he's, what he's doing. Um, another piece of advice, I would say, you know what, if you have an issue, why don't you ask the coach? You know what I mean? I would express it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what? I wasn't very happy with this, and this is why. Can you please explain it to me? 
I mean, the very least, give him that or her that respect, right? And just say, I'm sure a coach would prefer you come up to them and say something rather than you say it behind their back, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what, what advice would you give to a player about how to deal with a tough teammate? I would say talk it out because um, it's really important. You, you know, your colleagues, your teammates, you have to work together. Whether you want to or not, you guys are in this contract together. You know what I mean? You're so you you gotta you gotta figure it out. See what's the problem? Like, ask like yo know, like what what's the issue? Like why don't you like this? Or why don't you like when I do this? Or how why does it bother you? Because I think it's important. People usually have reasons why. You know what I mean? So I think it's important just to just to get out there and just put it out there and ask. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm I would tell them I'm. I see that you're unhappy with this, that I'm what I'm doing. So tell me why. You know what I mean? If they're, if they're, put them on the spot, if that's the case, right? And just get it out. Because to me, I tell Kem all the time, if you if you have a player that's not happy with you, I said, go speak to him. Yeah. Don't shy away. Because he's that type of person that, oh, I don't care. I'm like, no, no, you should care. Just go. Just go, go approach them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's good advice. One last thing. If you could give one piece of advice to courtside moms, what would it be? Invest in your children. And when I say invest, I'm not talking financial investments. I'm just talking, number one, time. Pay attention to your kids because there's things, there's dreams that your kids want to do. And just because you don't understand the dream or believe in the dream doesn't mean that it can't happen. You know what I mean? For me, basketball was Kem's dream. It wasn't my dream. I played basketball. I could have gone places playing basketball, but it wasn't important to me. I was like, there's no way I'm leaving Canada, leaving my friends and my boyfriend. Get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? We're Kem, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was important back then. So <laughs> so for me, you know what I mean? Now, I, as a parent, I'm like, no, let me, listen to your kids. You know, understand what they're saying take that minute to see or understand what they're what they see you know what I mean if they say to you look I want to play basketball or I want to I don't know become the the best chess player in the world well then go figure that out go and look and see you know what I mean what this is all about for your child and help them I rather as a parent help my child do something let them do it and if they fail at it at least they tried at least they can say you know what I did this and it didn't work out I'm going to either try it again or do something else. But allow them to be them and be their own person. And don't live vicariously through your kids. Let them live their lives. That's great advice. That was great. So magical on this lap. <laughs> the day of Magic Mom. So thanks for sharing that, Wendy. That's been awesome. I, we learned so much about Ken. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 absolutely. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today on Courtside Moms. And I'd like to invite everyone to join us next week as I'll be the next Courtside Mom that they interview. Amen. So see you next time. <laughs> thanks, Anthea. You're all done, baby. I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa.